Hi guys, welcome along to another episode of the Soccer Sofas podcast where the Premier League running is well and truly underway. Emery Chan's overhead kicks takes us down memory lane. Where does Sunderland go from here and will Manchester United be playing Champions League football next season? So hello and welcome again along to the Soccer Sofas podcast. Uh, I'm Elliot Lake and this week I'm joined by Jack Cronin. Hello mate. Hi mate. And Bradley Hayden is back again. Yeah, I'm good to, good to be back. How are you Elliot? Yeah, good thanks mate. Uh, so yeah, our first topic that we're going to kick off today's show with is overhead kicks. The best in uh, Premier League history. Mm. We saw uh, Jamie Carragher and Alan Pardew talking a little bit about this uh, on Monday Night Football. They didn't touch too much on it, so we're just going to go through some of the ones that we think uh, were were probably the best in Premier League history. Obviously, Emre Chan scored that mm. brilliant, brilliant goal uh, for Liverpool against Watford. A fantastic technique, and Brad, you were there behind there, the goal. Yeah. So I was one of those Watford fans with their mouths wide open, like, wow, what is that? <laughs> but having seen it live, it was, it was pretty, pretty special. I mean, apart from we could have maybe closed down Lucas a bit more giving him a bit of time but apart from that it's just one of those that you hit it a hundred times and you'll maybe score it once what, what portion of you was actually quite sort of happy to see a goal like that yeah I think just being able to see like a special goal like that is what you, part of what you pay your money for I mean I was obviously disappointed that we conceded but to concede to such a goal like that it's it makes you think like there's not really much we could have done yeah. there I mean you saw, you saw, you just saw, see the quality, really. Yeah, you saw some of the Watford fans behind the goal as well, and they were I was one they of were them. shocked. At, like, <laughs> I was one of them. Clapping. Was just on the floor. Yeah, I, I just I th- I think you do get that when mm. you when when the opposition scores a brilliant goal. Obviously, Watford aren't used to scoring yeah. those type of goals. So. No, we're not. <laughs> I wish we could. Um, Neither of Norwich they did. No, so. <laughs> well, Johnny Helson's goal against Nottingham Forest. Norwich fans have seen some unbelievable goals at Carrow Road throughout the years. They, they've had a near miss in Yakubu's. Yakubu's. Suarez used to love it at Carrow Road. Yeah. Anyway, let's, let's, let's keep on topic. Overhead kicks in the Premier League. I think my favourite of all, what? I, not my favourite because I think it came off his shin a little bit, but ignoring that, the importance of this goal by Wayne Rooney. Uh, in the Manchester derby against Man City, mm. put them 2-1 up with 12 minutes to go in that game. Everyone will obviously remember that. Uh, it's always on the Sky Sports promos, isn't it, when they're advertising anything. Um, and and Manchester United went on to win that 2010-2011 Premier League season. Um, and that goal was probably the uh, the catalyst in them doing that because they put... they. Man City were uh, were title rivals at one time. If Man City had gone on to win that game, then maybe it would have been a different story. So that goal, in terms of its importance, I think is probably my favourite overhead kick. That's uh, a, that, that celebration from Rooney as well. Mm, yeah. Yeah, 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 when he runs to the corner flag and does this godlike pose. Do mm. you know, <laughs> oh, don't know if I'll do it now. <laughs> no, that's an awesome goal. Became legendary very quickly. Didn't mm, it? Yeah. I think well, I think people that one sticks out. As soon as we yeah. said we were going to do this topic, that mm. one was right at the forefront of my yeah, in, yeah, in, in my mind. Uh, Jack, what's uh, what's your favourite one? Would, oh, would you say this one? Here we go. F- this one's still fresh. <laughs> this one's still fresh. I'll take you back to January. Uh, it's a three-nil win against Crystal Palace at the London Stadium, and uh, 
Mikel Antonio bombs down bombs down the left flank and uh, whips it in for Andy Carroll for Andy Carroll to leather it home the sweetest connection the sweetest connection yeah it really was so so good um, that won the the Premier League goal of the month but it didn't win the didn't win the match of the day goal of the month sadly came second behind Oliver Giroud's um, lucky that, yeah I thought that l- I, lucky spawny weird scorpion I thought that was, that was a bit lucky yeah I, I would I think well don't tell me he's played for that <laughs> don't well, he's, he's tried to direct that. it towards a goal I'm he's done that. well he's done well he's but flicked it on for somebody yeah that that Carroll goal was sensational I just I just think the thing that frustrates me with Carroll is that he has he has clearly got that ability and that and yeah, that knack of score. Or he scores goals, but he scores brilliant goals as well. But he just exactly. Gets injured, Oca- he? Occasionally, we get to see it, and and and, and you know, England has also. Mm. Uh, he, it, it, it's so, it's so annoying because he, obviously he's got he's got it there, mm. but injuries. Mm. He's just, just uh, it's a shame. Mm. However, um, he has found decent periods where where he's kept fit and he's performed really well for us this season hopefully we'll be able to kick on and we'll see more goals like that next season mm. I, I, I don't think it's all over for him though there's definitely enough time to resurrect him yeah uh, especially his England career mm. I mean on his day I'd have him in the England squad oh, I don't, yeah. th- I yeah, don't yeah, think like there's that. another English striker like him nah. and on his day he can he can cause lots of de- defensive oh, he problems. Terrorizes, um, he terrorizes. It's a similar situation with Sturridge. I mean, Sturridge is a very, very good player, and him, him and Carroll both, when when they're playing well and they're performing, there's not many players better than them. But it's just a shame that we don't get to see him enough. And with <coughs> Sturridge, he's now lost his place to Firmino and Origi now in that Liverpool squad. And he yeah. he he came on on Monday night and did force a good save from Gomez, but. He, it's a shame that obviously that injuries have affected him because when he was playing, both same with Carroll when they're both playing well, there's there's yeah. not many players well, better than them. A, a, another example, Sturridge being a, another example of, of a of a forward with with tons of ability and can be really exciting to watch and mm. score awesome goals, but uh, just has a, a huge barrier in. In, in in their fitness, which mm. is a shame. I just remember his goal in Europa League final last year outside the boot. Mm. Awesome, that was an awesome goal. Just awesome. just shows what he can do. Same with Carroll. It's yeah. just a shame we don't get to see enough of it. I yeah. would I would love to know whether Sturridge, he obviously does get injured, but whether he could play through some of those injuries. Sometimes you hear Klopp say, mm. "Oh, he's, it just Klopp says maybe he's he, uh, he he could train through them and re- and get over them quicker, but he just gets a little knock and he says that he's injured." I mean. That frustrates me. I just think you should just try and play through it because he, he has clearly got good ability. But um, Brad, what who, who who would you say your your pick of the uh, goals is? Probably Emre Chan. I think having seen it live, I've I've got to choose Emre Chan. It's just one of those goals. That if you see it live, you just like I was there. I saw it. I was right behind that goal. Just seeing it come off his boot and go into the top corner. It's it's pretty special, but. Cracking technique. I think, sure. yeah, cracking technique. It was right behind him. He's li- ni- pretty much on the verge of being outside the penalty area. He's only just in it, and the way he connected at top corner was was pretty special. He's but got his, got his back to the goal. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, and I think another one that comes to mind for me is Benteke's against United last year. That was another another very special strike. But I think Chan just nicks it for me. Mm. I think the, the the thing that is you just mentioned it there. The thing that's special about Chan's is all all the other ones. They're they're static and they're ready. Yeah. And they've set themselves He's, and they know that's what they're going to yeah. do. But Chan is 
Like I didn't even know Chan was going to do. Yeah, like, you, you it's a play you don't really. Do that. It's a player you don't really expect he's, to pull pull he's, off something like that. He's one of those players yeah. in that Liverpool team that goes unnoticed quite a lot. Yeah, and he's not one of those that you think could do pull off something like that. I mean, he's only got ten in his in a hundred Liverpool games, um, and it just, well clearly he has got that that side to him mm. that he can score spectacular goals, but we we don't tend to see it that often. Um, a couple of other ones I just want to give a quick shout out to was Crouchy for Liverpool against Bolton. Um, we've, um, just despite his, uh, uh, how would you say, sort of gangly nature to him, <laughs> he does he ha- he has he does have a knack of scoring spectacular goals, doesn't he? And this mm. that that was another one uh, against Bolton. So that w- that was another one of my favourites. I think I, I just love Crouchy. Yeah. I think yeah. he's a great player. And uh, Jack Cox wanted us to mention. Um, Ida Good Johnson, his overhead kick against Leeds. I think this was in maybe 2003, 2002 mm, yeah. sort of time. And he said he was out in the out in the garden reenacting it. I, I can't <laughs> imagine that he got anywhere close. But um, yeah, those two, I think, also stick, kind of stick out in my mind. Yeah, fantastic. Mm, yeah. And the thing I remember with Crouch as well, he's, he's got a knack of scoring those good goals. I mean, that one for Stoke, I think it was against City mm. a few years ago, chested it down and hits it at the top corner. I mean, he's getting on a bit now, but he's still capable of scoring those sort of goals. And yeah, I mean, pe- people might take the mick out of Peter Crouch, but it's quite a portfolio that he's, that he's actually got. You mm. know, he's got a, a really great England record. Mm. Played for some and still scoring goals some, regularly as well. Top clubs: Liverpool, Tottenham. Um, yeah, quality player, I think. So now it's time for the sporting away day. So I think all of us here probably watched the Anthony Joshua fight at the weekend. Uh, what a fight that was at Wembley in front of 90,000 people. Uh, but another one of Britain's uh, world champions, Kel Brook, he defends his IBF uh, world welterweight title against the undefeated Errol Spence Jr. at Bramall Lane, Sheffield United's stadium. That's Kel Brook's hometown. Uh, and, you can go, and you can go and see this fight, get a ticket, and get your hotel all sorted uh, through Skyplane World Choice. Uh, Norwich's number one independent travel agent just give them a call on uh, 01603 424 so now our second topic uh, of this afternoon's podcast we're going to be talking about Sunderland um, already being relegated with three three games to go now I think um, David Moyes Jermaine Defoe um, Jordan Pickford all, all these guys going to be Championship footballers next year, unless there's unless there's some movements in the transfer window, uh, and I've got to say I think David Moyes has done a god awful job yeah. there. He's been uh, he's been really really poor. I just think Manchester United just ruined him as ruined him as a coach. He did so well at Everton, but he'd sort of got into a routine there where he was obviously well respected. But ever since he's gone to Man U and he's had a poor first season, went to I think was it Sociedad he went Dad, to yeah. and f- failed there. He's now come to Sunderland and he's. God, he's more than failed here. <laughs> um, I, th- I think he he really summed up his season at the start of the season yeah. when he said we're in a relegation, mm. we're we're in a relegation scrap. And We've, that comment he made to the BBC reporter a few weeks or months ago, whenever it was, that mm. was pretty awful as well. Yeah, it's it's just David, David Moyes. I just look at him and I think, yes, you are 
you are the new Gary Megson, you are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, guys, Sunderland have, have had a really poor season, haven't they, Jack? Just so so um, just so uninspiring. Just completely, they've just rolled over and died pretty much. And and this is something that they've been th- threatening to do for for a number of years now. I can't think of a team who who season upon season has just. Uh, I think it's unfair to say that they've settled for it because I'm sure Sunderland fans have been so disappointed just, you mm. know, year after year. But it almost seems Sunderland uh, became quite content just sort of fluttering, or fl- fluttering around sort of 14th, 15th. Um, they've paid for it now. Mm. Uh, it'll be extremely difficult for them to come back. I wouldn't put it past them to get relegated again. Uh, so begins the free fall, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I think this their their owner Ellis Short. He, he hasn't put that much in into no. the club when they've been in the Premier League. And God, is he going to do it when they're in the Championship mm. now? Or yeah, I think the relegation is something which a lot of people have predicted ever since Allardyce left last summer. I think as soon as Allardyce left to take the England job, I think most people expected Sutherland to go. And what Elliot you were saying about recruitment's pretty spot on. I think they only really spent money on Indong they bought in from France if you look at who else they signed it's been a mixture of loans and free transfers I mean they signed Jolien Lescott in, in January Darren Gibson I mean Stephen Pina all players that are past it and old Moyes mates yeah um, we said on the podcast before he just signs his mates just signs it? his mates exactly and they're like Harry yeah <laughs> <laughs> and if you're in a relegation battle you don't want to be signing players like Less got like Gibson. You want mm. players eager to improve your squad, and they're not. They haven't improved it. Yeah, I th- well, I think you 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 just said they're 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 in a relegation battle. Well, I, I don't think they have been in a relegation battle. They have been destined for Rain the championship yeah. since 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 before Christmas probably. But the the only reason why I think people hadn't written them off completely is because Sunderland always managed to sort of kind of get themselves out mm. of trouble. Eventually, don't they? Remember. Gus Poyet, Paolo Di Canio, Sam Allardyce even came in last season and saved them. But this season, it's the first season in, I think, probably four or five years where they haven't changed their manager halfway mm. through the year. And um, this time, it's proved to be that they are going to be relegated yeah. and they are going to be in the championship. Uh, and there is calls from many Sunderland fans for David Moyes to go um, in the summer uh, when they obviously go to the championship and have, and have the rebuilding job. Um, but... I think they're going to have a couple of players leave. I, th- I think Jermaine Defoe yeah. will probably leave yeah. when he. There'll be Premier League clubs that are after his signature mm. because he is a proven goal scorer. I know he might have some stats on Defoe for us, Brad. Um, but Jordan Pickford is another one who I think may go to mm. another Premier League club. I think he was unlucky not to be considered for the PFA Team of the Year. What, I don't know why De Gea is in that. Yes, he's he's a world class goalkeeper, but he hasn't been outstanding no, this season, I agree. has he? Um, but those two guys could leave. Um, and obviously Van Arnhout left for, left for Palace for 14 million earlier mm. on in the season and one of the reasons he said that he wanted to leave was because of David Moyes' training sessions um, and he and, and he just fell out of love of football at Sunderland I think that's probably the atmosphere the worst, worst thing you can do really mm. that's the atmosphere around the whole club isn't it you, you, you see it in press conferences as well um, as far as his ability to motivate and, and, and get players chomping at the bit with a willingness to survive, I've seen in, I've seen in some of his press conferences, David Moyes, where he's, he's he's been so 
he's been so negative mm. in in in, every, in in everything that he says and, and just the way he he presents himself on on television on the ra- on the radio you know um somebody asked him a- about recruitment in January and it was it was something along the lines of can't really expect to bring anybody that good in to mm. be honest yeah. we're just going to have to make do with what we've got <laughs> what we've got really isn't a lot and it's just mm. uh, uh, and, y- and you think are y- are you he- are we hearing this mm. this is ludicrous mm. completely mad and it, and it's no it's it's no surprise it's no surprise and he should be sacked immediately yeah <laughs> i agree yeah i th- I, I can't i can't see Moyes bringing Sunderland back up i think they need uh, a manager who's got maybe proven championship experience who knows what it takes to get to get a team out of that division because the championship is a really hard division everyone anyone can beat anyone i mean you mm. look at the teams that've gone down last season aston villa well, like they're nowhere. You look at teams who have gone down before, like Norwich and QPR. They're still down there. They're still fighting. They're still all, what mid-table slash bottom half of the table. So quicksand. That quick, yeah, it's exactly. Quicksand. It's so competitive that if if no one wants, if if they're players who who don't want to be there, that you're quickly found out. And with Sunderland, like you were saying, Elliot and Jack, they have been on the, on the verge of of going down for a good few years now. I mean, they were seventeenth last season, sixteenth the season before that, fourteenth in twenty thirteen, and seventeenth in twenty twelve thirteen. So they've been on the cusp of going down for a good while now. And Jermaine Defoe, obviously, everyone kind of that was their only really glimmer of hope that you would think would be able to keep Sunderland up. And he's got 14 goals, but then you look at the player, look at the, the other goal scorers for for Sunderland, and the next best goal scorer is a Nietzsche with three, and then Van Aanholt with three as well. He's gone. He went in January, which is pretty pretty ludicrous. So, I I don't think Defoe will stick around. I could see him going somewhere like West Ham or Bournemouth. There has been some reports saying that he could leave him for free now. They've they've gone down. Pickford, I can't see it hanging around either. I mean, Moy said another season, a season in the Championship would do him good, but I don't think so. I think I don't think so at all. Yeah. I could see him going to an Everton, someone like that. You need a goalkeeper. Pickford's Pickford's young and he's and he's shown su- such a lot of ability already this season. Um, looks like he could be a fantastic goalkeeper for years to come. Great for England also. Mm. Um, but obviously, it would be sort of dangerous to to have your head turned by a big club and just be sort of number two mm. for for so long I think it would be good for him to to, to find a club and, and sort of really relish that, that number one spot for a bit and get a season where he you know gets gets a, a full sort of calendar yeah. of, appearance, I of, think, of, of appearances I think Everton will be quite good for him they need a number one and Koeman has got it's proven he he gives young players a chance and he's put a lot of faith in young players and you look at Southampton and Everton there's been a lot of young players who have come through and and looked very impressive so I think for Jordan Pickford working under Koeman would be something that would really benefit him and enable him to maybe move on to the next step which is which is definitely what he's capable of because he's probably one of the best keepers I've seen this season his distribution is very good can save Good, good shot, uh, shot stop. I can't even get my words out today. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's capable of his commands, his defence very well. Um, yeah, he's he's a very good young goalkeeper. Um, definitely someone very talented. Um, yeah. So yeah, well, I think it's, wherever Pickford or Defoe goes, I think it's fair to say that Sunderland just need a completely. Well, they need to be completely reshaped from top to bottom, from the owner down, yeah. don't they? And just need to need to have a really big sort out, a clear out, really. 
so before we go on to our final topic of the afternoon, we're going to quickly do our fantasy Premier League transfer of the week. And if uh, anyone who's uh, who's hot on their uh, fantasy Premier League, they will know that there's a couple of double game weeks coming up. So we're getting a we're getting a player in who is uh, who's 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 had a couple of who's going to have a couple of double game weeks coming up. He's got four games in the next two weeks, so he's, there's a chance to get two lots of double points. And we're bringing in Nathan Redmond, uh, 5.9 million. Um, he's, uh, he, has, he has got six goals this season, which maybe is, isn't as many as a lot of uh, midfielders in the Premier League. But he is, he is ranked top for shots, uh, efforts in the box and attempts on target in the whole of the Southampton squad. Uh, he's got Liverpool away and Arsenal at home. So two reasonably difficult games for Southampton. But Nathan Redmond could easily get on the score sheet and all he needs is one goal for it, for it to uh, prove, prove worthwhile. Uh, and yeah, of course, two double game weeks coming up. So get Nathan Redmond in your team. Um, and quickly now, we, we're going to move on to the third topic, which is uh, Manchester United and Ibrahimovic and whether this end of the season whether they're going to struggle or how we think they're going to they're going to end the season um, of course they are still in the hunt for a top four place they're battling re- really right to the wire with Manchester City with Liverpool uh, with Arsenal and with all these teams dropping points Manchester City obviously dropped points last last week Liverpool got an important win against against Watford at home so that's put them a little bit given them a little bit of breathing space but Manchester United, uh, their final four games are Arsenal, Spurs and Southampton all away from home and then Palace uh, at home. Um, so those are four difficult games for uh, for United, aren't they, Brad? They are, yeah. I mean, Arsenal and Arsenal Spurs still battling. Well, in Arsenal's case, they're trying to break into the top four, but I don't think they'll do it. Spurs obviously battling for the title. And then you got Palace, who are still they're pretty much safe, but obviously they want to distance themselves as much as they can from that from that bottom three considering their their last few fixtures are very tough and it's still not completely safe yet so still three three or four very tricky fixtures for United uh, they are only one point behind City but I just can't see them getting into the uh, to the top four to be honest I think their best chance of getting into the Champions League next season is for them to win Europa League, which I think they probably will do, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, I, I, it was four four tough fixtures for for Manchester United, and if, if if on paper I had to choose four fixtures to end the season between City and United, I I would choose City's all day long, all day long. I mean, they've got Palace, Leicester, West Brom at home. This is Manchester City. Sorry, those games are all at home, and then Watford away, their final game of the season. So. Uh, I think there's one point between these two these two teams at the minute, and you've got to say the United are going to drop points. They, I mean, I don't, I can't see them going away to Spurs and winning. Spurs have won, I think, 14 or 15 on the bounce now at White Hart Lane, so uh, they're going to be full, full, like brimming with confidence. And you, they've got you've got to hope that the cha- that the title will still be up for grabs for Spurs uh, if Chelsea do slip up and Arsenal, they could drop points as well. So yeah, United got to focus on the Europa League really. I think haven't they, Jack? Really important for them uh, as a gateway into the Champions League. Should they, should they not make it into the top four, which is which is unlikely. Um, I think, with regard to Ibrahimovic and the injury that that he's picked up, um, a little late in the day for it to have uh, a huge impact on what on what's going on in the Prem, uh, because I think the funny thing is what we have is is the the bottom three 
the bottom three spots and sort of the top four are seemingly kind of decided. Um, I mean, obviously we have we have Middlesbrough and Swansea um, looking like Middlesbrough's down with Swansea. That, that there could be a change, but it's looking like that'll stay. Also, the same with the top four. I think the main changes are between that sort of that sixteenth and that ninth spot. Mm. We'll see. So the league, I think, is is pretty much pretty much done. Taking shape. Taking shape. Yes. Um, I think where Manchester United will will miss Ibrahimovic is in is in the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Um, bit of a cliche, but he has that big game experience. Um, he's an imposing figure, experienced in Europe. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows what he's about. And when you see him in in that starting lineup, scary bloke. Mm-hmm. And 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 he's and he puts pressure on back fours. And 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 he's an intelligent player. Um, I, I know. Like you think you bit be a bit lazy sometimes. Yeah. But well, I'm um, say that in a minute, but well he, he I think it's it's what he does off the ball also. Um that presence in the dressing room. Um I think Man U have have got areas which which they'll be okay. I think Rashford, I think it's time for Rashford to, to shine. I think mm. if you're good enough I think if you're you're good enough, you're old enough and uh I think you can he can fill a gap and he can score goals for him, but it would be interesting. It would be interesting to see how they get on. That's that's yeah. the thing. I think we, we, you, know, you mentioned Rashford there. Rashford and Lingard up front against Chelsea. They won two 0 and those guys were both brilliant all game. And I, I I know Ibra is out for the season, but I just I just think this could maybe could be so, something that Manchester United that they they're going to have to throw in Rashford and Martial and Lingard. Yeah. They're going to have to rely on these guys now going into the Europa League semi final and final final. These are huge huge games now. Uh, and if if you look at the games that Ibra has played 90 minutes in, some of the games at Old Trafford, Manchester United won, Bournemouth won, United nil, Hull nil, United nil, Burnley nil, United won, Stoke won. Ibra's played 90 minutes in all of those games. And I just think that as a lone striker, and he and he doesn't have it, and he doesn't have when he doesn't have people playing off him. I just think that he he can't run the channels, and that is why Manchester United have scored so few goals this season. Yes, he's got. 28 in all competitions but Manchester United have only scored 51 goals in the league Liverpool have scored 20 more goals than them in the mm. league uh, but their top scorer Mane has only got 13 that's because they're fluid they're all interchanging positions you don't see that at United mm. because Ibrahimovic is just central if you've either you're giving the ball to his feet and he might score if, if you're giving it in, in behind or if you if you give it to him on the edge of the area, then rare, rarely does he score. He's got to be it's it's got to be perfect on a plate for him, and I just think that that's held United back a little bit this season, um, and and it was proved by them beating Chelsea two 0 with Rashford and Lingard working really really well together. But do you, do you think that's that's Ibrahimovic's fault fault or is it or is it his his teammates? Because often when Andy Carroll's on the pitch, suddenly it's it's, it's um, with West Ham, it's quite Route One. Have players kind of playing it into Carroll, whether he traps it on his chest or it's to feet, or they dink one over the top and he's got to try and head it down. But when you have a hit man up front, the team suddenly changes. Yeah, because because they've got to play to him because they know that they can't play any other way mm. than to play to Ibrahimovic because right. otherwise they can, otherwise they're not going to get the ball forward. Yes, he's a good hold up player and he can hot and he, and he he's, he's got a dec- he's got a good touch and he can bring other players into game but they have got a hit they've got a hit Ibrahimovic if they're going to go forward yeah 
Um, it's those type of games that you you mentioned there, like the Burnleys, the Holes, that the Manchester, uh, like the um, the Bournemouths as well. That that's where Manchester United have really lost that that top four place. I mean, they've only lost three times a season, but they've drawn fourteen. That is for a team of Manchester United stature. That that's pretty ridiculous stat drawing 14 games just they're not losing but they're games that on paper they should they should be winning really I can kind of understand your argument with Ibrahimovic but I don't I don't think all, all the blame should be pinpointed on him there have been other errors in this Manchester United squad this season you look at Pogba Pogba maybe hasn't performed as well as many expected him to maybe that 90 million price tag has kind of had an impact on him um, but I, I do think that Rashford should be given more of a chance. He's always kind of impressed me when when I've seen him play. He's got that pace. He's got that power. He's got that maturity for for a young player as well. He's, he's awesome. very mature for yeah, for his age. Awesome. And I think it's time for him to be let off, let off the leash and given mm. a chance to kind of prove himself as as United's main man. However, saying that. Whether Ibrahimovic stays or goes, I still think United will bring in a striker yeah. this summer because you see Martial has been linked with, with moves away. Um, Rooney's been linked with moves away. Ibrahimovic has been linked with moves away. So there could be a lot of changes at Manchester United this summer under Mourinho. Yeah, I just, well, Mourinho, I think, is the key word there. He likes to bring in a player that's proven it, it frustrates me with Mourinho because you see managers like Koeman and Pochettino they're bringing through the young players and, and and they're flourishing now in in those sides but Mourinho won't do that yes if if Rashford hadn't come through last season there'd be absolutely no way that Rashford would be in that mm. in that squad no, at the minute yeah. he'd, he'd be in the under 23s he'd be training um, he'd be training with the under 23s and he'd be going out on loan somewhere there'd be no way that he'd be he'd be playing I, th- I think man man U fans are, are a huge debt to Louis van yeah, yeah. Louis van Gaal for, for for bringing him through um cuz it it will it, it will pay yeah. dividends I think that's one of the f- one things you can say about Louis van Gaal during his time at United was that whether whether he was forced into it or not, he was prepared to give a few of the young players a chance. Like he he started Rashford, he started Lingard, he brought in Borfik Jackson, I think as well. You had uh, Paddy McNair playing quite a bit. You had quite a few young players that were like coming through boot, and, and 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 right. giving them an opportunity. So while United fans can have a moan about Van Gaal's time at United, they should also, as you say. Yeah thanking for for giving some of the young players a chance and they have proven that they can be key players in Rashford and Lingard's place especially he was something different as well I think I think Lou Van Gaal he's, mm-hmm. he's you know a, a, a legendary manager yeah. he's a bit like Marmot really you either loved him or you hated him well, he, he, he was an eccentric I suppose a little bit Louis Van Gaal's Red Army um uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. That's the title for this week's podcast. That, that, that made me jump. <laughs> Goodness me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we get you. Uh, just, just finally, we'll round up on Man United. Um, uh, it was Ajax four, Leon one in the other <laughs> semi-final of the Europa <laughs> League. So Manchester United have got they've got every shout of of winning this competition. I'd love to see five English teams in the in the Champions League next season, and hopefully we might be able to make the semi-finals for once in a blue moon. 
Um, or maybe be Manchester City if it's once in a blue moon. No, but um, yeah, we'll round up today's podcast uh, today, guys. We'll um, say final thanks to Jack Cronin. Cheers, pal. Nice one. And to Bradley Hayden. Thank you, Elliot. Uh, so hopefully we'll see you next week, guys. <laughs>